It's a throw around the corner to Dangerfield. Umpire didn't see that. Towards Rowan, off hands, Hawkins looking for someone running by, didn't see anything he liked, so just took it upon himself. Hawkins at his best, cats on a roll, fans at the Cattery happy. He can give a sideways handball to Burns. Burns has got Gresham on, but goes the kick to Butler. Butler plays on as well, likes what he sees in the one-on-one of the goal square, Membry with the one hand, couldn't get it. I think he might have got it, Owens did he? I think he might have got boot to ball. Majacek couldn't get to it. Great tackle. McCreary keeps going. Elliott flicks it. Dacos has got another one. The Bombers now trail. Can you believe that? Collingwood have come from the clouds to win an Anzac Day Classic. Well, we've done and dusted round six and the final um, eight starting to take a little bit of shape a quarter of the way into the season. Saints are still on top um, at five and one and have been joined by Collingwood at five and one, but Collingwood's percentage is shithouse. What a round of football. Um, what, what were your thoughts, um, Aaron, on the round so far? Uh, pretty good overall. I think... Um... Capped off today's game was actually really good. I, I enjoyed the, the Anzac game. It was uh, quite a spectacle, really. Um, one thing that highlighted for me, though, was when um, when Collingwood get up and going, I don't think anyone can go with them when they're at their best. Like, even we look at Geelong thumping Sydney, um, but Sydney didn't put up much resistance. But um, when Collingwood get the game on their terms... Um, I don't think anyone's got the capabilities to go with them and move the ball quite like they do. I think the key is basically um, similar to what St Kilda did with them the week before is you just basically minimise the amount of times they get it on their terms and you can potentially expose them later in the game if you kick straight. Yeah, that's right. Um, It's still baffles me that um, so many teams don't understand uh, just how important kicking straight for goal is. But, um, yeah, you, you move the ball like Collingwood do and you kick straight, uh, yeah, they're not going to, like they did in the last quarter, um, yeah, they're not going to lose too many games if they play like that. Yeah, um Essendon didn't really um, help themselves with the lack of run in the last quarter, though, neither. So um, that might be something. That might be the difference between Essendon and the teams that are going to be above them is the teams above them are going to run games out. No, John, like, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too disheartened if, if you're an Essendon fan either, though. Like They put up a, a good fight for a lot of the game as well, but... Just the difference in the end was Collingwood was just better, um, which we knew going into it anyway, but um, it sort of just proved it. <clears throat> I mean, for Essendon fans, um, you've probably overachieved to this stage. Sort of a lot of people would have marked them to be out at this stage. Yep, definitely. So um, that's a goal. Um, I think, you know what, though? If, <laughs> I'd. I wouldn't be betting against Essendon making the eight at this stage, though. Um, I had them well outside the eight in my pre-season predictions, but 
if they keep fronting up like they have been so far this year and like they were for the first three quarters today, um, yeah, they'll have no problems making the eight coming into the season. I do think, though, they will find that there's a genuine gap between themselves and, you know, three, maybe four teams in the eight. Oh, but... no, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a difference between making a top eight and being a top four team. Um, they're definitely not a top four team. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but, yeah, I'd, I'd almost have them a lock for the top eight right now, just based yeah, on what I'm we've just... seen for the first six weeks. I'm just seeing at the moment you're probably looking at once things shape a little further, you're probably looking at they'll struggle to beat a Geelong in finals if Geelong yeah. are up and running. They'll struggle to beat Brisbane in finals if they're up and running. They obviously won't get near Collingwood if they're up and running. Sydney are a bit of a yeah, which Sydney turns up. Yeah. But there's there's at least three, nearly four teams. And look, at this stage, I don't know if they would match it if St Kilda were in the finals either. But that's just at the moment. No, that's right. But yeah, and, and again with Secure as well, like you said, um Essendon have already overachieved um based on preseason expectations. Well St Kilda have definitely overachieved as well. So you probably put them in a similar basket in terms of season projections from here. May may not be quite yeah. good enough to go with the best teams, but they've definitely got a, a solid foundation to make the eight. I think that when this is probably a bit of a bias cap, though, just to say, but I do think the difference between St Kilda and Essendon is St Kilda's game style obviously stands up. Essendon's, we can say, stands up three quarters of the time. Yeah. But yeah which is a bit of a difference. St Kilda, St Kilda showed the ability to actually smother and, and re- restrict Collingwood, didn't they? But when, when Collingwood yeah. got going, Essendon didn't have an answer. No, no, and Essendon panicked um, where when Collingwood did have a bit of a spurt in that last quarter earlier on against St Kilda, there wasn't the same level of panic. No. When when Collingwood get up and going, it just seems like it comes naturally to them, doesn't it? There's no panic. There's no time for panic because they just all seem to know their role. Yeah, look, if I was coaching against Collingwood, I would be having a player that I'll say to him, look, there's every chance that you might get a holiday, all right? But every time you tackle Dacos, you make him earn his kick. And if that ends up happening to be a tackle that might get them under the radar of the uh, match review um, system, so be it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that did... <clears throat> That, that's the way Collingwood played, though. Like, they they probably can't – well, we don't know really this year how they go against that just physical grind. Um, <clears throat> we've seen it against St Kilda and they just got over the line. But when they play the game on their terms, they've got that run and spread and it's really an uncontested game, isn't it? So if you've got the chance to, to get physical with them, make <clears throat> them earn it. Yeah, I, I don't – I don't necessarily think St Kilda's style allows them to open up as easy as some of the other teams. Um, not to say that, you know, well, we still lost the game, but I just think watching that game, it, the St Kilda style with their... Look, to be honest, if you're looking at... Put it this way. If you're looking at clubs at the moment and who's the fittest, St Kilda's probably in your top couple. Yeah, St Kilda and Collingwood, definitely. And I think the way St Kilda played against Collingwood, they demonstrated that they're probably a little bit fitter than even Collingwood. It was just Collingwood's polish under the pressure in the end that probably was the difference. 
Yeah, that's right. But that's the cream rises to the top, doesn't it? So Collingwood's that that bit better disposal with the ball and a bit cleaner going forward, and that was the difference. And I don't, I don't even that's, think that's it was not the a bad thing. I think it was probably the finishing at the time, not the disposal. Because you look at it, St Kilda what five behinds before they started kicking goals in the last quarter. Collingwood yeah. kicked goals in the last yeah. quarter. I think it was yeah, more so right. the goal Colling- kicking with the issue. Collingwood Colling- <laughs> kicked them when it matters. So that that comes down to the polish and doing what you need to when you need to do it. But, um, yeah, in front yeah, of goals it does. There wouldn't be wouldn't but, be too disheartened if I'm St Kilda or Essendon fan at the moment. But um, I think we've probably spent more time tonight talking about Collingwood and Essendon than we probably would have liked to talk about them all year. Well, I was actually thinking today, um, watching when I was watching the game just before we move on, that um, if there was ever going to be a catastrophic thing happen in an AFL event and you want to get all the absolute cesspool scum in one place at once, today's the day. Today's Anzac the day. day. <clears throat> Anzac Day MCG. That's right. Now, um, just on the Anzac Day spectacle, it shits me to tears. Don't compare a footballer that's best on ground or a bog to an Anzac or a digger. Like, seriously, absolutely. AFL, you got that wrong. You do everything else right to commemorate the day. Don't overdo it by using stupid, descriptive words that actually are pissing on our Anzacs by comparing a footballer that's got 40 possessions to someone that's probably dodged 40 bullets. No, just not on. Um, Yeah, and also on that subject, I can't even remember who said it. I think, is it a former Geelong player or something? Um, Obviously needed some airtime and wanted to feel relevant, so he said, um, oh, are we overdoing it with the playing of the last post does it really need to be done before every game of Anzac Ground? Um, what, what's the issue, really? Um, sure, Collingwood and Essendon have the Anzac Day game, but every every team gets to have a chance to at least commemorate the Anzacs. So um, every, I, can't, I can't, can't remember who it was, but his name's obviously not worth remembering because it's just such a shit take. Yeah, look... Um... What I'm having a crack at is completely different. It's um, around trying to idolise players in the same um, esteem as what we do our um, Anzacs and Diggers, and that's oh, just... Oh, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's right. But that's the complete opposite of what this other clan was saying, is saying there, there's never a wrong time co- to commemorate the um, Anzacs. There's never a bad time no, for it. So um, if, if 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 they're going to do that and play the last post and that's all you've got to bitch about, maybe just sit down and shut up. Well, all the original clubs from the old VFL that become the AFL have um, diggers and Anzacs and that, that never come back and went to war. They played at the club. Yeah. Most of them have got, got them. So I think uh, that's well done. Now, just on the St Kilda points of discussion, um, I was a bit – first thing was I went into the game thinking, um, I don't know, look, about memory um, coming back underdone because he didn't do much in the VFL. But I thought his return was pretty solid and I think he'll be better for the run, so I was surprised there. But my main point of discussion is, because <clears throat> in my mind, one move won the game for St Kilda. And that was at three-quarter time, 
moving Jack Sinclair in the guts. His polish, decision-making when the heat was on early in the last quarter, I believe was the difference between the two teams. Um, he hit targets, they got goals. Um, his polish was just, well, it was next level. Um, 92, 93% efficiency rate throughout the whole game. Um, my thing is, should St Kilda be playing him more regularly in the guts? Um, yeah, if he's gonna if he's gonna use the ball like he, well, seriously, so if he's gonna use the ball like he did on whatever, what night was it? Okay, on oh, no, it was on the Sunday afternoon game, wasn't it? But um, yeah, yeah if, I was gonna say if he's gonna use the ball like he did against Carlton, then yes, but he uses the ball like that every week, so um, <laughs> I. You put your best users of the ball up the ground where they can kick it to your forwards. That's where they do the most damage. So yeah. um, that's what I'd be doing for sure. And and the best thing about Jack Sinclair is let's let's look at his stats for the game. So he had 27 touches. But um, unlike most guys that get a lot of possessions these days and love to handball it, he only um, handballed it six times, 21 kicks and six handballs. So he's getting the ball... Ninety-two, ninety-three efficiency rate because it, I've seen two different figures. Which yeah, ninety-three so on the there. AFL app. Yep. Now you would argue that um, if he's had twenty-one kicks out of his twenty-seven possessions, you might as well say eight, nineteen of them have hit a target. Nineteen are hitting the target, so that's um, that's going to set you on a good way, isn't it? Yep, hundred percent. So let's so, just um, so he's had he's had twenty-seven touches. At 93% efficiency. Um, and obviously, he's kicking the ball a lot. So, um, he's got um, at 20, yeah, 27 touches, 453 metres gained. So, he's getting the ball going forward a lot. And you compare that to Sam Walsh. And this is what I mean. A lot of, a lot of people like to get mesmerised by the disposal comment column in a stat sheet. Sam Walsh, 38 touches um, for 249 metres gain. So on average, he's advancing the ball six metres of possession. That, that's right. not valuable. Another one to look at too, because I know one of your discussion points about Carlton something to do with efficiency. Have a look at your captain, and I reckon I had a look at his stats, and his efficiency rate was pretty piss poor. For a player that we rate pretty hot, well, a lot yeah, of people rate 50, pretty high. 59% he's rated at, but but that's 59% with 14 kicks and 20 handballs. So you shouldn't be missing a target with any handball, really. Um, so, yeah, Jack Sinclair. Handball can, be a, can be a hit and hope when you're getting tackled, but... Yeah. But, um, and I just want to touch on another point, speaking of... Actually, no, I'll, wait. I'll, I'll let you finish the St Kilda stuff and then I'll get on to it because it forms part of my Carlton discussion point. So we'll, I'll hold okay. off that. Okay, well, um, probably my um, other point before I um, ask a parting question is um, Bradley Hill, again, absolutely selfless, completely selfless and probably one of the other reasons why St Kilda got over the line against Carlton. It's his uh, um, 1%... Yeah, no. Yeah, he's he's been very very good this year. He's doing the things that we've we've um, uh, chastised him for the last few years. He's been doing, 
um, every week this year, isn't it? It's the second effort. It's his one percenters. Um, he's just not running around collecting a paycheck, is he? He, I, I'll go out on a limb here. The the Brad Hill we're seeing this year, if you were to shoot him, he would bleed red, white, and black. That's the way he's playing. Yeah, no, he's he's all in on uh, the Ross Lyon train, isn't he? He is, and there's also talk that Nate Fife might be on the move next year. Who would want him? How old is he? I know. 33. Uh, no, he's not no. doing not doing great things at Fremantle. So he's thirty one. He'll be thirty two yeah. at the start of next season. Um, yeah, he's not doing great things. Uh, he wasn't even great last year either. He missed a lot of footy, I know, but um, I think his body's really letting him down, and I don't know that there's much life left in him. Yeah, no, because there's a lot of talk, obviously, that. Um a good home for him would be um, St Kilda because he played well under Ross Lyon. But um, I don't know if there's actually room for him, to be honest. Mm, oh, well, who's he's got to push someone out of the side for that to happen. And where are you going to play him? There is one bloke I'd let him push out of the side, but um, that's. Uh, but I think there's other players that will push that bloke out of the side anyway, and that's Gresham. But, um... <clears throat> yeah, but where, but, where um, would you play him? Would you play him forward or would you play him in the middle? I think you can only play. Look, I think it's a silly experiment playing forward because I don't think he's a reliable enough kick for goal, as a lot of midfielders aren't. That's right. And let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. Max King's going to come back into this side, so you don't need two unreliable kicks for goal, do you? I actually don't. I think if and when Max comes back, I don't necessarily think his um, kicking's going to for goal is going to be as big a problem as it has been. Um, word on the street is they've got, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they reckon he's the best goal-kicking coach getting around and he's been working with Max King in a part-time role at St Kilda. So um, hopefully that will actually um, pay dividends. On a, on a lighter note, um, would you rate, just before we move on the Carlton, would you rate Jack Sinclair as a genuine A-grader? Yep, definitely. He's um, he's probably probably up there in the top, maybe ten or twelve players right now across the whole league. He's you're hard pressed to find find um, too many guys better than him right now. And the one thing that reminds me of the guy's number that he's wearing, which is Robert Harvey. How often do you see Jack Sinclair get caught with the ball? Yep, doesn't happen, does it? No, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I struggle to remember the last time it did happen. Yeah. He, so, um, anyway, again, it's like so what we said about Collingwood as well. Uh, like like <laughs> what we said about Collingwood, he's a clean ball user and he just doesn't panic. No, he's happy to run a circle if he has to to get a better option to pass it to. So yeah. he's he's happy to hold on to the ball instead of panicking to a kick. Now, on Sunday, there was another team that turned up to play. Um, it's debatable if they played. And that was Carlton. 
Um, and I think it's quite fitting that you're yawning when you said that because they pay the yeah. most boring style of footy getting around at the moment. Yeah, it's not flash. Um, now, this, this gets me to my point. So Carlton on the weekend had 10 of the top 12 possession getters on the ground, had 86 more possessions across the day than St Kilda and had less inside 50s. Um, what, if you've got 10 of the top 12 possession getters and you've got nearly 100 more possessions, there's no reason to be having less inside 50s. And, and this brings me to my point before of guys dicking around with the ball and not getting it forward. George Hewitt had 29 touches. How many metres gained do you reckon he had from those 29 touches? And bear in mind he had five kicks and 24 handballs. Oh, shit, he'd be struggling over 150 yards. Uh, 30, 30 metres gained off 29 touches. There you go. Um, um, what, is, what is he actually doing? What what benefit is that when you've got him getting the ball? Um, so I'll just go through some of the possession getters that Carlton had. Um, and you'd think th this is a, 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 a blue-collar midfield, really, isn't it? Like there's not many clean ball users in there by foot. It's, you'd think it's a hard and tough midfield. That Carlton roll out yeah, when you a lot of guys... experts, a lot of experts were raving about Carlton's midfield before the start of the season. So, <laughs> Sam Walsh, thirty-eight touches. Blake Akers, thirty-six touches. Patrick Cripps, thirty-four. So, and then George Hewitt at twenty-nine. Nick Newman at twenty-eight. So they've had five of <laughs> top five possession getters on the ground, um, and none of them really. Did anything useful? So, just looking at this. So, Nick Newman, um, he, well, he got a lot of touches because he's playing in the back back line there, and there was a lot of ball coming down there. George Stewart was next to useless. Um, Paddy Cripps, we've touched on him um, at. Uh, 59% disposal efficiency, and he's got in, getting 69% of his possessions in the back half of the ground. Um, Blake Akers had 84% of his possessions in the back half of the ground. 79% um, for Sam Walsh. And Adam Chera had 39 He actually had a decent game, Chera. Um, he was he's probably the best midfielder um, in the Carlton side anyway. Um, he had 39 touches at 85% efficiency. He was actually decent. Um, he got the ball going forward, but um, he had no friends in that regard, really. Um, so I just don't know. And then in their press conference, Michael Voss said that the way Carlton played is the style that he wants them to play. Um, getting the ball and going backwards, I don't know why he thinks that's a, a style that, that should be being played and just a lot of dicking around with the ball. I've been to a couple of Carlton games this year and they're just so stagnant when they get the ball. They want to play this little chip kick game, but the problem is no one moves for them up the field. It's, it's very frustrating and it's a very boring game style to watch. So I don't, I don't, and, and above all else, it's clearly not a winning style either. Yeah, well, I think, with what you're saying of the top five possession getters is reflective of a lot of what we're seeing across the board 
in um, the modern game. A lot of it's more about accumulation more so than what you actually do with the freaking ball. Yeah, quality over quantity would be would be my preference. Um, what would you rather? Would you rather those thirty-eight touches from Walsh or the thirty-eight or whatever it was from Cripps or twenty-seven from Jack Sinclair? I would hate to see what would have happened to Carlton if um, Jack Sinclair had the forty possessions. Could have got very very ugly, couldn't it? Um, yeah, and it needs to be some drastic changes at Carlton this week, like. The only changes that seem to be made to the side are when someone's injured or suspended. But um, when you're playing such a shit brand of footy and you're not not winning, um, I just don't know why you keep rolling out the same side. Like Ed Kerno, he's been not up to AFL standard for a couple of years now and he keeps getting games. Paddy Dow's got 40 touches on the weekend in the VFL. He's been one of the best performing midfielders in the BFL side this year and just can't get a look in and there's just so many passengers in the in the Carlton senior side. Um, how does a guy like him not get a chance? Yeah, and look, <clears throat> this will sound a bit silly, but um, you'd have, have hmm. to question a list that could possibly come in for a week and he has a week off. Yeah, well, I just I don't know. I know there's many problems there, but I don't know what the solution is. Because um, yeah, if Voss says yeah. this is this game style that he wants them to play, um, I think there's alarm bells there. Is he is he saying that that's the way that he wants them to play because he doesn't believe that the list can play a, a different style? Or I'm not sure. Or does he want them to play that style because he's got no plan B? Well, no, that's the thing. It's it. I'm just not sure what what to make of it at the moment. It's um, very disheartening trying to watch Carton play at the moment. And, and looking yeah, at your hairline, Carlton aren't doing you any good, are they? No, not not at all. Not at all. Um, and um, that's we did um, just... Harry McKay. I want to touch on him again. Um, <clears throat> just just four words for. Or a few few choice words for Harry McKay. Kick a fucking drop punt. A um, couple of times the last few weeks, or a few times the last two weeks, he's tried to kick around the body and he's kicked the wrong side of the ball. Um, he's as good as useless if he's going to be doing that. But um, that's enough about Carton. We might talk about a team that um, actually played a decent game of footy this weekend yeah, as Je Jeremy joins us. Yeah, just before we go to Jeremy, um, McKay, like he kicked the ball 50 metres straight up in the air. The ball went 70 metres. Um, <clears throat> it went 30 metres up, 30 metres down and 10 metres behind him, I think. Oh, it was shocking. And that that was probably what broke Carlton too. It was just if he had to kick that, it might have been a different game. And then there was a game against uh, against North Melbourne. He managed to kick it out on the full, I think, from about eight centimetres out trying to do the same thing. But anyway, that's enough about them. They shit me. Yeah, and we did have the 10-minute warning, so we better do our Geelong thing in two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes, eh? Well, well is there really, is there really much to say, to say when you win by that much? It's, it's um, yeah, Geelong looks good, but it was just a training run, wasn't it? 
Yeah, there wasn't much resistance offered up. But I mean, yeah, yeah, Sydney had Sydney had all these players missing from the back line and the forward line. <laughs> I saw, but I do seem to recall the um, exact same Sydney had the exact same players missing from the back and forward line last week, and they touched Richmond up. So, yeah. Um, and one thing that I did notice, one thing that was very apparent to me from Geelong's game, um, after I questioned Tom Hawkins last week, um, he clearly listens to this and decided to prove me wrong. Yes, yes. I, 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 I ought to thank you for that. Geelong supporters, thank you for uh, writing Tommy off. But you weren't alone. Um, well, I think it was a valid question. But, um, again, no, I'm not getting too excited. As you said, there was no resistance. So was he a beneficiary of the, the weeks under his belt or was he a beneficiary the, of just a piss-poor Sydney side? Well, yeah. And on that, on that, ground, on that ground, Geelong are able to apply their pressure a lot better. Yeah. Than, than on other grounds as well. So it was I think it was just a perfect storm of um Geelong's pressures Geelong's pressure being at its max. Uh, is that, Sydney, um, Sydney missing some key personnel. Is that due to it being a narrower ground? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm. I think um, so. And uh, you know, we we're probably not gonna lose often down there. We've got eight eight more games there for the year, so yeah, you got GWS coming up there in a few weeks as well, so it might be a similar similar <clears throat> routing for that game as well. Yeah, look, it's just I think at this point it's just about getting the game getting our, <clears throat> getting our game back on track and it looks like we looks like we're doing that. We were we were doing that we were doing that early in the year in dribs and drabs. There's a quarter yeah. here, a quarter there. You, you missed you missed the start of us. We were actually talking up Essendon a bit. You've got them this week. Um yeah, um, you need to need to be well, trotting we'll out to be on their own game and play them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going we'll to have to play decent to beat game. to beat Essendon. I, I believe so. The way the way Essendon are tracking at the moment, we'll have to uh, definitely be on our A game um, to to thwart them. But uh, I, I believe that uh, if if we play at our best, I think yeah, AFL sides play at their best. They're good enough. So it's just a matter of whether they can do that for long enough. It's a game of margins, isn't it? It's whether you're on and they're off a little bit and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's not so much. Yeah, it's not so much who you play as when you play them. Well, that's the thing. Where you, you missed a lot of me talking shit about Carlton, but um, it's hard to believe that um, this Carlton team beat that Geelong team. But as you said, it's it's when you play them, not who you play, isn't it? Yeah, preci- yeah, precisely. Um, and yeah, Jeremy Cameron. Everyone wants him to, you know, bag five a week and kick a hundred. I guarantee you, the Geelong coaching staff and medical staff won't let that happen. Um, you think he's uh, going to be rested a few times? I think I think every player is going to be rested. I think um, be that be that to the detriment of the side. I think they're going to stick fat with uh, managing the list. With uh, the ages of the players on the list, which... yeah, not a lot of not a lot of those guys will be going over to Perth. You wouldn't think for I don't yeah, know, so like West seems, Coast and seems... and Frio over there. But if yeah. you, you you're not going to send them over there twice, if you were, you're not going to send them over to Adelaide too often. Not all of them, anyway, yeah, preci- so. yeah, yeah, precisely. But 
Then again, we need to be in a sort of level <laughs> position that could allow us to do that as well. So. Yeah, the, the, the thing that um, struck me um, with that game is is percentage is pretty important when it comes to this thing called the AFL ladder. Um, yeah. So Geelong gained 18% and Sydney lost 27 Um so they, that, that could be a telling game for both sides coming in the, the year when it comes to yeah, if you've got the top a, four or top eight positions. If you've got a fairly decent percentage, it's almost like an extra game. Yeah, it's uh, pretty, to, pretty to important. Be ahead, to, be, to be ahead on the ladder. So, uh, no, you know what else three, is important? We, we're, we're three and three. We're down with the pack at the moment. Yeah, that's, right, that's what I mean. That's so why can, that percentage is coming in handy, that 18% when you're, yeah. when you're in a log jam. When you're in a log jam and... Not going to look any further than this weekend against Essendon, I would have thought. But um, one thing that's a lot more important, I think, than percentage is um, Falcon Watch. Uh, <coughs> we have a Falcon Watch this week. Yeah, we did. Um, and it was your mate, Ollie Henry, um, in the third quarter. Ollie. Um, he's gone to pick a ball up. He's, he's, he's running, charging forward at a bouncing ball on the wing, and it bounces up and hits him in the face. That's an egg shaped ball, eh? It was, it was what sensational. What Falcon I sent you? Which one was that? Well, I sent you days now. I sent you one from the St Kilda game. Oh, I can't even remember I sent that one. Oh, well, I don't even know where that is now. But um, some, anyway, some, a young kid, probably oh, under right. five, had yeah. the ball that was given to him, and must have accidentally <laughs> thrown it as the plus St Kilda player walked past, bang, smack on the head. Uh, yes, yes, I do remember that. But uh, yeah, uh, any Falcon's a good Falcon. Let's be honest. Um, but we've got the, the streak is alive. We've had at least one a week so far this season. Well, so we're I'm keeping, hoping keeping that, that going. We we do need help with uh, with Falcon Watch. So we there's only three of us. So we're not going to be able to watch every minute of every game. So we we do need some help with that. So if you see a Falcon, yes, let us know. And look, one thing we have failed and we're into round six, is, um, and I can see you're wearing the top, Barusha Mooch and Gladback. We haven't um, had the pleasure of dropping that name for a while. Oh, I don't think they've given us too many reasons to drop it, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. They've been a bit of a Sydney um, this year in the Bundesliga. Yeah, it's but, not, uh... not been as good a season, this one, as the last few. Although they're sitting 10th on the table at the moment, so... They're, they're not, out of the relegation. They're not going to go just, down. But not going to go down. Not going to challenge for anything. But um, yeah. Anyway, it's never a bad time to mention Borussia Mönchengladbach. Of course, of course. Uh, it might be time, Timmy, for you to uh, thank Josh and uh, yeah. No, I was, get some I, was in. That. I was thinking that. Um, as the stand-in director, as you're taking on that role, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we we do have. Um, the joyous of most joys every week to send off our file to Josh Watson to do his editing uh, prowess and come up with what you uh, listeners hear as the finished product. And he will be utilising Zaggy 2's Velvet Tones. And, uh, Woody, how do people reach us on social media? Um, well, they, they can hit us up on Facebook and just search NPO Sports or NPO underscore sport on Twitter. There you go. So I suppose it's that stage where it's hooroo from me. 
And much like Carlton season is tracking, I'm also going to say...